You're listening to the Full and Thriving Podcast, a place where courageous women come to break free from food obsession, heal their relationship with their body, and strive to live a life that's present, lighthearted, and meaningful. If you're listening, my wish is that this podcast serves as a catalyst that inspires you to nourish your body, nurture your mind, and energize your spirit. I'm your host, Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Full and Thriving podcast. I am so grateful that you are here today. I am so grateful that you probably listened to episode one and jumped to episode two. I'm so excited. Um, Again, this is a eating disorder recovery slash life coaching podcast. So I want my listeners to be full and thriving, living a life of their dreams. Okay, so this is a very exciting episode for me, and it is going to probably resonate with a lot of you. We cover a lot of content. I'm so excited to just dive in and just give you more information about recovery. And I also want to let you know that this episode is definitely helpful for people who aren't necessarily struggling with an eating disorder, but struggling with body image or dieting, stuck in the diet cycle, or hoping to learn how to stop dieting and just accept themselves and their bodies as is. This episode is called How to Feel Better in Your Body. There are so, you know, I have so many clients who come to me and they are stressed because they don't feel good in their body during recovery and also when you're stuck in like a diet cycle. It can be a very hard time to feel good in your body. Your body is constantly changing. And as far as recovery is concerned, for a while you have a lot of control of your body. And once you sort of surrender to recovery, you feel like you are losing control. And that can be really hard to feel good in your body, especially when taking those steps towards undieting or taking those steps towards recovery mean gaining more weight because I know lots of people they feel fat on their body and they start to feel gross and ugly and disgusting really harsh words I hear my clients use these words all the time the more food that's in their stomach the more uncomfortable they feel and I often hear clients telling me that they need help feeling comfortable in their own skin. They also need help feeling good in their new body and accepting their body as they're changing. So the intention of this episode is to really help you with some tips on how to feel better in your body as all of as it's going through all of these changes. So um, I just want to also add that it's important that when you do approach the recovery process 
that you accept that weight gain will most likely be part of this process. I know I can't speak for everyone, but you need to accept that your body will be changing and you need to anticipate this and be one step ahead so that you can manage your emotions when your body starts to change, okay? So when you accept the call to recover, you're also accepting the call that your body needs to change. Just mentally manage your mind around that. So eight tips on how to feel better in your body. And I just want to say that feeling better in your body is an intentional practice, especially from the beginning. You know, this is something that is actually news to me. For a long time, I thought one day I was just going to wake up and feel better in my body. But the reality is you have to choose to feel better in your body now. You have to intentionally practice feeling better in your body every single day. It's kind of like strengthening a little recovery muscle. So actively choose to make yourself feel comfortable every single day. Please commit to doing that. So the first tip I have to feeling comfortable in your body is that you need to actively shift towards body neutrality. So right now, chances are you have a lot of emotion behind your body and what it looks like. And a lot of this is negative emotion, negative energy, self-hatred, body hatred, body shame. You might be in the mirror checking your body, trying to scrutinize it and pick away at every part where there's been weight gain. And a lot of the body positive influencers make us feel that we have to shift from hating our bodies to loving our bodies and being positive about our bodies and body love, body positivity, all of that is completely possible for you, although it might feel impossible right now during recovery. So the next step above kind of body hatred or body dislike is actually body neutrality and body acceptance, okay? So you don't have to go around saying, I love my body, I, I worship my body, my body is my temple. Like it might feel really hard for you to go around saying those things. So just shoot for body neutrality. And neutrality is really just not reacting when you think about your body or see your body in a mirror, instead just saying to yourself, you know, this is okay. So you look in the mirror or you see a photo of yourself and you see that your arms look bigger instead of panicking or freaking out, you kind of just go, eh, this is okay or it is what it is and then move on. So brush it off, Accept it as is and actively pick neutrality over any sort of emotional reaction. I do believe that there's power in emotional detachment from your body. I know we're all very taught to sink so much time and effort into our looks and our appearance and we get actually very emotionally attached to the outcome of being thin. So there's this attachment to the thin ideal but in reality, you want to be detached from those ideals and any negative emotions or even positive emotions related to dieting. So you need to become less invested in the way you look, more invested in your recovery. 
Um, so I kind of like to think of it as a toxic relationship. Like right now, your eating disorder is kind of a toxic relationship. Like you're, say your, your crush is leading you on, they're sending you mixed messages, you're feeling super emotional with every text they send you, every word they say to you, you're overanalyzing. It's a very consuming, obsessed process. Body neutrality feels a lot like getting a t text from that toxic ex and saying, eh, whatever, I don't actually want to respond to this, or oh my God, I can't believe that person is even reaching out. That's kind of embarrassing for them. You know, I just want you to think of yourself as the power position. And in this case, body neutrality gives you power because you don't have those, that whirlwind of emotions attached to the way your body looks. So that is tip number one. Tip number two for feeling more comfortable in your body is actually making your body feel more physically comfortable. How crazy is that? So this really highlights how your body and your mind are really connected. So this might mean wearing super comfy clothing and throwing out the clothes that don't fit. So if you have a pair of jeans that you force yourself into, every time you wear them, you feel uncomfortable, you feel like um, you look terrible in those, do not wear those. Wear comfy clothes. And especially in recovery, you, can, you should buy clothes that are stretchy and soft and just show your body that you love it with the materials that you kind of adorn on yourself. Um, next, you know, bring on the fuzzy blankets and the fuzzy socks. Keep yourself warm. Keep yourself cozy. Keep your body physically comfortable. Also, moisturize your skin, shower, take a bubble bath, get a massage if you can, maybe ask a family member or go get a professional massage done. The act of choosing to make your body physically comfortable is actually way more powerful than you might think. Tip number three is minimizing your triggers in the home. So when I say triggers, I mean things within the home that make you feel uncomfortable in your body and uncomfortable in your skin. So the most obvious one, if you want to feel more comfortable in your body, throw out your scale and stop obsessing over the number on the scale. Seriously, if you want to recover, you will increase your chances of recovery by throwing out your scale today. Um, if you really are connected to your scale because you are going through the weight restoration process, I recommend that you leave weighing yourself to a professional. So perhaps your dietitian or your MD can weigh you regularly. And you know, you don't even have to know your weights. They only have to know the weight and how far you've come and how far you need to go. So feeling comfortable in your home may mean just not having a scale there. <laughs> Seriously. Um, next, as far as feeling comfortable in your skin and minimizing triggers in the home go, definitely think about covering up the mirrors. I know this may seem pretty extreme, but try it for a, a few days. I mean, I like to think about when I go camping and there are no mirrors 
in sight. Nobody's on their phones because nobody has service. So you almost go several days without seeing what you look like. And it's very freeing. Um, there's no body checking if you have no mirror in front of you. So if that's a behavior you tend to fall into, try to cover up your mirrors or maybe buy like a small mirror where you can only see your face if, if that helps. Um, another trigger in the home that you can easily change, actually it's a trigger in the world, is cleaning out your Instagram feed. And I am a huge fan of this. Instagram can be a um, recovery trigger or it can be a recovery resource. You have to have control over your Instagram feed and create a pro-recovery Instagram feed. So if you have celebrities, models, athletes, influencers on there who actually trigger negative feelings about your body, make you compare yourself, make you feel like you need to you know, fall back into old behaviors, I recommend that you unfollow them now. Seriously clear out your Instagram feed and fill your Instagram feed with amazing positive people who kind of display body diversity and size diversity. So this bridges me to tip number four, which is fill your brain with fat positive and body positive content plus feminist content, okay? So this can come in the form of anything you consume. There are tons of body positivity books, Instagram influencers, YouTubers, um, podcasters. This is so important. You need to start filling your brain with images of body diversity so you can start accepting and normalizing other bodies in your brain. We are so used to seeing that one thin ideal where um, we, we do not, we're not used to consuming those diverse body sizes. So really just diversify your feed. And as you begin to accept and love other people's diverse body types, you will start to accept yours. So you need to start loving other types of bodies and finding other types of bodies to be beautiful, not just the thin ideal. Um, and really changing up what's in your feeds and what your, the content you're consuming can really help. So an example of some influencers that I think you should listen to, and there are so many, but... Body Paza Panda is probably a great place to start. She has bright colored hair and an amazing body, and she's a woman of color, and she's always dancing, and I just love her. Um, also, Mary's Cups of Tea, she's amazing. I'll leave all of their links in my bio so you can follow them. I love Colleen Werner. She is a um, body positive ballerina so inspirational. There's also Iskra Lawrence. She is a airy model and she's also a curve model. Very bright, bubbly personality and the list goes on and on. So seriously, please just embrace body diversity and consume diverse bodies in your life. All right. Um, also, just as far as filling your brain with fat positive, body positive, and feminist content goes, 
I also want you to fill your brain with positive quotes, positive affirmations about your body, like stick sticky notes all over your mirror and all over your fridge and really embrace your recovery mission and just kind of sprinkle positivity and body positivity all over your home. And I know this is corny and lots of people suggest this, but I seriously recommend it. You really want to fill your brain with just bright, shining light, if that makes sense. Like, be the light for yourself. All right, uh, tip number five is just practice every day being kind to your body. So I want you to ask yourself, how can I be kind to my body today? Because body kindness is also a learned skill. And um, of course, feeding your body counts as being kind to your body. So this is a really good start. Like for you, if you're in recovery, I want you to think of food as medicine. So being kind to your body really involves just, you know, feeding it. And when you keep feeding your body, your body begins to trust you again. But outside of food, there are so many ways you can be kind to your body. And I actually have written an article called 101 Ways to Be Kind to Your Body that don't involve food because I think everyone always starts, when they think about you know, body kindness, they could immediately start going toward that wellness diet culture. But in reality, you can be kind to your body in so many other ways. For instance, there's joyful movement as opposed to exercise. So for me, that looks a lot like dancing or going on a walk. Um, a lot of people love yoga. Um, so just think about what brings you joy and what kind of movement feels joyful to you as opposed to disordered or kind of exercise-y or intense. Next, um, other examples of being kind to your body, sleeping in, making sure you get enough rest, giving yourself a face mask, um, writing a letter of gratitude to your body, and getting a pedicure or manicure. There are so many things. That list is online. I'm not going to read all of them to you. But being kind to your body is so important and it is a learned skill that will absolutely help you feel more comfortable in your skin every single day. Okay, number six. This one is a, um, I will say it will be divisive because it may work for you, it may not. But for me, being comfortable in my body also involved me embracing my sense of romance and sexuality. So when I was in, when I was in the height of my eating disorder, I had no romantic relationships. I was not sexually active. And when I decided to, well, when I started recovering, I actually fell in love for the first time, had a really positive, supportive relationship in college. And so embracing romance and sexuality, not only, first of all, provided a major mental distraction towards food and the small things, it kind of replaced my eating disorder because I was just having way more fun and really just learning that my body is um, so much more powerful and it felt more valid. I do find that embracing romance and sexuality helped me. 
another weird thing related to this that helped my recovery was <laughs> when I was studying abroad in college, I actually went to a nude beach, which sounds like a really radical thing to do, especially as an American, but going to a nude beach actually did not trigger tons of comparisons for me. It, it showed me that everybody's body has something kind of strange about it anyway. And like any insecurities I had could be the insecurities of other people. Um, and whatever I was worried about, I found on other people as well. So for me, a nude beach really normalized um, other types of bodies. This was actually before Instagram was a thing, but um, that was kind of a cool experience. It felt pretty radical to me, so that might help. Um, also, as far as embracing romance and sexuality goes, maybe it, for some people, boudoir photo shoots really help. And also, I guess I have not looked, but I know several of my clients say that plus-sized porn has really helped them feel sexy and comfortable in their own skin because we don't get a lot of exposure to kind of plus-sized sex scenes in the media. So really interesting kind of alternative way to feel comfortable in your body. Next is number seven, which is remove yourself from the toxic environment you're currently in. So if you find that your eating disorder and your negative body thoughts are connected to a group of people um, or an environment you're that, that you're in, you should probably remove yourself from that environment at least temporarily and just remind yourself that you can return to this environment when you've healed your relationship with food and your body, as long as it's not triggering. So for me, that was living in a model apartment and just being involved in fashion. Being involved in the fashion world was extremely triggering for me, and living in the modeling apartment was a very toxic environment. And the day I left was literally the day my recovery process started. And so this for you, you know, for me, it was hard because I had to quit my dream of becoming a model, but I knew that that was not the best path for me as far as health is concerned. So this for you might look like a sports team or a sorority or maybe just being a part of a very intense gym um, that could become a toxic environment for you. So just think about the environment you're in. Maybe you're just living in a home with um, a family that's very obsessed with diet culture, um, or maybe you have a roommate who's very obsessed with dieting and won't stop talking about how much she hates her body. You have to do what you can to remove yourself from that toxic environment because that will impact you. And usually those toxic environments just create so much more com comparison and just, it's very energetically draining for your recovery to be in those environments. And remember, just because you leave those environments to protect your recovery, you can return when you've healed your relationship with your body. I know I immediately felt more comfortable in my body when I was surrounded by normal people as opposed to people in the fashion industry who were constantly focused on measurements and numbers. 
And then finally, number eight, how to feel more comfortable in your body. This tip is just focus on the fun and live in the moment, okay? When you are living in the moment and feeling present, it is impossible for you to be worried about what you're looking like, how, much, how many calories you just consumed, how much exercise you need to do. Um, so having fun and embracing fun in your life and the fun people and the fun activities, this is how you recover and feel comfortable in your skin because I swear, fun is like a temporary vacation from your eating disorder. I know when I had my eating disorder, it was really, it was really the worst in high school. And I really think that stemmed from boredom. By the time you're a senior in high school, you've been at the school four years, you have the same lunches every day, the same people, you've been in the same town for 18 years. I was just really bored. And um, I was ready to blossom and explore the world. And so when I went off to college, I actually had so much fun and just made so much of my life that the eating disorder took a back seat. Um, and also dieting and thinking about your size can usually be a result of boredom. So again, try to find the fun, seek out the fun. Um, do the things you love and don't let your body thoughts get in the way of just having fun and living your life. So just do what you can to reconnect with that version of you that does live in the moment and does choose fun over anxiety. All right. So that is episode two. I hope you we're able to take some helpful tips about how to feel better in your body and more comfortable in your body. I appreciate you all so much for listening. It just lights up my heart that you're here. And I do encourage you to review and subscribe to this podcast if you feel inclined. I also ask you to share it on Instagram and with your friends who might also be struggling. I sincerely appreciate it. So. Thanks again and just have a wonderful, fun day.